Hey Siri, what is Seventh-day Adventism? The Seventh-day Adventist Church is a Protestant Christian denomination, which is distinguished by its observance of Saturday and its emphasis on the imminent second coming of Jesus Christ. Okay, that's technically accurate, but what does all that actually mean? I'm Nina, a documentary filmmaker. And I'm Caleb, the editor of Humans of Adventism. This is how the church works. We'll talk more about our own stories later, but for now, what you need to know is that we've been asking ourselves this question a lot lately. What is Seventh-day Adventism? And we know we're not the only ones. So for me, what Seventh-day Adventism is, is doctrinally, it shows me who Christ is. Doctrinally, I've never seen such a thorough view of how God has loved us and the reasons why. To me, it means a comprehensive or holistic look at the plan of restoration bestowed to us by the Father, made possible by Jesus Christ, and facilitated by the Holy Spirit. The collection of imperfect people, people who value the Bible and who strive to follow the teachings of Jesus and watch for his soon coming. Seventh-day Adventism is a faith tradition that raised me, educated me, and currently employs me. At its core, when Adventism is gospel-orientated, aka the worldview, not necessarily the institution view, it captures the heart of Jesus and teaches us how to live like Him. To me, Seventh-day Adventism is more than just my heritage. It's both a motivator and a conduit. It provides me with the atmosphere and context in which to explore biblical truths for myself. Those, in turn, give me freedom. When I have both truth and freedom, I can love everyone, no matter what our differences might be. I'm a former Adventist, so the church used to be my family and my comfort zone. I remember feeling a lot of pressure, though, to conform and evangelize and being afraid a lot of the end times. What is an Adventist? To me, um, it used to mean that you were part of the right church. To be honest, I'm still working through my own cultural baggage with Adventism. Baggage sounds really bad. It's not all bad. It's just figuring out what in me is still cultural and just kind of like there because I grew up with it and what's what's true and what's real and it's, it's a journey. When I think about the spirit of Seventh-day Adventism, I think about the spirit of the Bereans, a group of people who are committed to following the truth wherever it may lead them. Being born into this religious faith, it was the context in which I learned to challenge myself to be better and to love others well. The older I get, I now see my Adventist faith as something that is more internal rather than external. And so to be Adventist has less to do about where you live or what you look like, but what you do to help make the world a better place with what you believe. There are almost as many Adventist identities as there are Adventists, around 22 million globally. But there's usually something in everyone's story, no matter how different from our own, that we can resonate with. Part of that is because we're human. And part of that is because there's something about Adventism that connects us. There's a joke we've heard a few times that goes something like, you've heard of six degrees to Kevin Bacon, well, here, it's three degrees to any Adventist. And that's pretty much true. 
we're really well connected as a denomination. We have a massive network of churches, schools, and hospitals all over the world. Yet, there's this disconnect from our history. Many of us attend church every week, but outside of the local context, do we know what this denomination really is about? Do we really understand how Adventism is relevant to our world today, if at all? Do we understand the context in which Adventism came into being, not just in the grand scheme of the Great Controversy, but in the context of a fairly recent 1800s America? What can we learn from the family lore of Adventism that could impact the way we view Adventist identity now and our role looking into the future? If we understood these things, maybe we would do Adventism differently, or maybe we wouldn't. Sometimes to understand who we are today, we need to look at the big picture, our history, which is where our stories come in. Nina, what's your relationship with Adventism? I was born in Brazil, but moved to the United States when I was really young. Being an immigrant to the United States, there was only one culture that made me feel connected to this new world around me, Adventism. The Brazilian and American Adventist cultures were similar. Some differences may be that I knew more hymns in Portuguese than in English, and that meat was something I never really questioned eating. I went to Adventist schools, went to church, had Adventist friends, went to Adventist camps, ate Adventist veggie meat. Even within these surroundings, I was never really taught what our beliefs were, and I never explored the nuances of our beliefs until my friends left the Adventist church, which was something I didn't know a person could do. Leaving Adventism was equivalent to moving to another country. It felt like I was losing my connection to my friends, not because we believe differently, I believe in varied perspectives and beliefs in Adventism, but because they were letting go of our shared fundamental culture. Letting go of the things I was holding on to strongest in my immigrant experience. Over the years, I have wrestled with my own convictions and questioned being part of this faith community, but I have chosen to stay. And staying doesn't mean I don't ask questions. Staying doesn't mean I don't have doubts. That's why I've decided to be part of this project and dig up some of these questions. What about you, Caleb? Yeah, my story is a bit different. In my early 20s, I left the church. I just sort of stopped going, and there were a lot of reasons for that. For one, I had a deep need to know and be known, and I didn't feel that at church. I was burnt out, overworked, and the church seemed to always want more from me than I could give them. So I did what many young people do, and I just sort of drifted away. I saw people outside the church as more loving, more accepting, and more involved in alleviating suffering. I cared about things like social justice, and the church often seemed to be actively working against it. I came back to the church a few years after leaving, but it wasn't for the reasons you might expect. The church that brought me back was small and traditional. It didn't have a lot of other young people. But that church really cared about who I was outside the church service. They intentionally listened to me and asked for my opinion. And not just to me, but to others. They set up intergenerational spaces to talk honestly about our different perspectives. They asked me how I would like to help, 
if I did, and really never pushed me into something I didn't want to do. The church itself, it wanted to grow and was willing to be challenged. Over the past three years, I've interviewed over 500 Seventh-day Adventists. I've found that despite my rocky history with the church, there's something incredibly compelling beneath the surface. It's like an iceberg. And while I don't always like the top, I'm constantly sticking my head beneath the surface and peering at something I really want to believe in. I found that the bones, the foundation of the SDA church are incredibly compelling to me. I believe the foundation of the church provides a solid starting place for a Christ-like life, and that's what I want. I see the Adventist church as my birthright, my legacy, and I want to be there to help steer it toward Jesus. I believe that our structure gives us space to change for the better. I want to lead the church into being an involved, forward-thinking, socially just community that our neighbors are drawn to because of our love and our relationships. This is why we're making this podcast. We want to take a step back from our own stories and figure out as Adventists who we are, where we came from, and why do we do the things that we do. Over the last year, we found out some unexpected things, like that the first General Conference president was an operator on the Underground Railroad. There was a, a plot to declare Ellen White's successor that ended in a murder. And the FBI agents infiltrated our camp meetings, intercepted our books, and in one case, threw two Adventist conscientious objectors into an insane asylum during World War I. But we also found out the way that the church functions, our structures, practices, and even our beliefs aren't as rigid as we thought. Our current fundamental beliefs didn't officially exist until the 1980s. In North America, we have state conferences and regional conferences, and they were created to combat racism present in the church. Historically, Adventists have been far from apolitical. Seventh-day Adventism was considered progressive until the 1920s when it drifted into fundamentalism. Tithe isn't a trickle-down system. It's trickle-up. This podcast focuses on the Seventh-day Adventist Church in North America. But what we learn will have ripple effects for how we view and interact with the church on a global scale. So over the next 10 episodes of this series, we hope you'll listen and learn with us as we find out how the church works. How the Church Works is hosted by Nina Velado and Caleb Isley. And thank you for sending in your audio clips for use in this episode. You can find bonus content on the show notes for this episode on howthechurchworks.com. This episode was written and produced by me, Heather Moore. All episodes are edited and mixed by the multi-talented Nina Velado. Our logo design is by Brittany Colby, website and social media by Chelsea Ernina. Thank you to our tech and equipment expert, Stephen Husett. The show is executive produced by Adam Fenner, Heather Moore, Caleb Isley, and Nina Velado. Special thanks to the North American Division and the Adventist Learning Community for making this podcast possible. Have something to say? Email us at hello at howthechurchworks.com.